Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pinball Show. We're in episode 41, and I have my main man back, Dennis Creasel from the Eclectic Gamers Podcast, the co-host, uh, the fortnightly co-host here at the Pinball Show. How's it going, Dennis? It's going well. Did you enjoy your uh, vacation with Greg for oh. episode 40? Yeah, it was a mixed bag, though. Uh, I yeah, A lot of hard takes. People liked it. People loved it. They loved hearing Greg back. I'm glad that Greg is back into podcasting in some form, shape, or another. We went long on that intro, but uh, to the listener out there, I wanted to follow up. Greg, if he was jumping back into podcasting and openness and really being transparent as a host, he wanted to at least get some stuff off his chest that he knew was going to continue to brew unless he at least got it out there. So I'm glad uh, Glad's medium allowed him to do that. It's very cathartic of you. Yes. Well, you know me. I'm always I'm always ready to help heal people, Dennis. Speaking of healing, we've received quite a bit of feedback regarding some of my quote-unquote antics, maybe. You call them that. Uh, with the goats and the singings and the trends and the and the goats and the singings and the trends. Hey. Uh, it's almost a Sammy Pinball. I know. Oh, oh <laughs> I missed him. I missed him so. What did you think about the feedback? We got a lot of it. Well, you always play up to your feedback when it's positive, but I I do. But you know what, what's your what's your saying, Zach? Numbers don't lie. So <laughs> I I went ahead and I pulled the podcasting statistics, okay. and I'll have you know that uh-huh. episode thirty nine, the episode where you do not sing, there were no goats, and there was no market trends, mm-hmm. has hundreds more downloads than either your most recent episode with Greg Bone, which is newer, so that okay. would be part of that okay. factor, but also more than episode thirty eight, where you <sighs> were inundating the episode with that non sense so i think that you have a few zealots that might express Mm. support and i've never denied that you have some support Mm -hmm. for your shenanigans but the numbers don't lie i think people prefer a much more professional sounding show overall you're only reporting the facts here okay uh to that i would say that i think your statistics are a bit askew for the entertainment purposes of our listeners and our listeners don't appreciate that uh, I don't think there is a significant difference at a significance level 0.05 of what you're alluding to these hundreds. I, I don't think you it was hundreds. It, it was at least, I believe, 200. Uh, I mean, you can go and verify it yourself if you wish, Zach. The numbers are right there for you to load up. There's a lot of other outliers, a lot of other factors, confounding variables. There's all I'm saying. Stretch. That's a stretch. But hey, the numbers don't lie. You may be correct, but they like the singing. We got. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, a listener by the name of Coop. Coop gave us some feedback that was single-handedly the greatest feedback that I've ever received as a podcaster. I think it was glowing for both of us. He private messaged us. It was finally a time, Dennis, where somebody, somebody articulate as well, was able to really capture my focus and aim for the show and I just, I want to thank that guy. I don't know if you agreed with him as much, but it was great. Uh, I mean, he's, he is entitled to his own view. I, I let him know what my thoughts were. 
Yeah. He, he got it. He just got it. And at the very end, he said, I was a road comic for 17 years. This is a very entertaining show. I don't mean to troll you, Dennis, but Pinball Market Trends is a great bit. The goat scream and all the other inside jokes that have grown organically are the differentiators that elevate what is effectively the exact same conversation that is happening on the two dozen other podcasts. I hope you don't lose that. That was just a subset of this big glowing review. Well, I understand why you love that review. Coop, I love you. Maybe Coop could be your next guest host. Coop, you're my boy! Coop sounds like the name you would expect some old like little league coach that you turn to for advice. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee, thanks, uh, Coop. Call, 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 call old Coop. He'll, he'll let you know. <laughs> he'll let you know what's what. He'll he, never shoot you wrong. Yeah, he'll never throw you the curveball. He's, he's definitely on the Andy Griffiths show. Yeah, I would like to have Coop as a co-host. I think he and I would get along very. I don't very know. Well. Once you turn, once you bring the heat, he might change his mind. Though road comics are usually well trained in dealing with hecklers, so oh, that's that, a good skill set to have. That is very true. No, you it, don't. You don't really heckle on the show, but I think the same tools are used to, the to same. combat your to combat your uh, high level of nonsense. Kind of when you just double down on not knowing what you're talking about. I agree. <laughs> Look, I agree. People message us about the crudes. Um, that was a fun piece. I did go back and try to watch the crudes, the original, since I hadn't seen it. I got to tell you guys, <laughs> no, it's no fucking crudes too. Uh, I got through 20 minutes and I was like, no, this isn't it. This is not it. I want my crudes too. Some people did message me. They went to see it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> On that horrid recommendation. I, I guess I'm not surprised. Uh, oh I mean, what else is there to do? That's greatness. Wow. I mean, you tried to spin it like it was the Godfather Part Two, buddy. Like the greatest was, sequel of all was, time. It was that. It was good. I'm. I was not exaggerating. I don't know if it was other influences, but it was greatness. A visual orgasm, I might add. Speaking of orgasms, before we get into the news, I have to tell you this, Dennis. It was weird for me last week. Even if Greg is my best friend, even if I've done a show with him for three years, a video show, it just wasn't the same. I was, I was pretty sad not seeing you and hearing your voice last week. Well, you hid your tears well during the episode. Well, that was the part that I thought you, Zach, you know what? After time of reflection, I I felt the same way. No, no, just, no, I loved not uh, recording, (laughs) recording. It was great. It was great. (laughs) Uh, Now I'm competing every other week with. Hey, at least you don't have to edit after you're done. So I got that going for me, Tony. Oh, I, I do love not having to edit. That is that is nice. Yeah, after after I recorded with Greg, I I still I sat in my chair before I started editing the show, and a single tear came from my left, not my right, my left eye, and it tickled my nose and it touched my lips, and all I can think of is Dennis. How can you just walk away from me when all I do is watch you leave? Because we shared the laughter and the pain, even shared the tears. You're the only one who really knew me at all. Dennis, take a look at me now. So take a look at me now. That is justified, listeners, justified because that was mentioned on. Uh, Jesse J's recent podcast, or no? I think no, it was, that it was, was mentioned just on an, just another pinball podcast. Yeah. So it's it's fair game. Joel Engelbert, thank you so much for that because it was so fitting that I just wish Dennis would would just take a look at me now. 
this is an empty space. I need you, Dennis. I want you. It's time for TPN Industry News. Loser Kid wins big with Elwin. Hey everyone, Craig here again, the Pinball Show's Stern News Correspondent. Well, a sad week for Dennis with no new code updates. However, there was talk of a potential new standard code feature in all new Stern games from none other than the greatest pinball competitor of all time, yes, Keith Elwin. Elwin, who is of course the lead designer for Iron Maiden, Jurassic Park, and most recently the Avengers Infinity Quest, recently appeared as a guest on the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast, where he teased that we could see more of trophy accomplishments in future pinball titles, or one can only assume, future code updates of any stern title. Like most of us have seen in modern video game consoles like the PlayStation, trophies may start to become more of a staple in Stern's world soon, should they prove to be a popular feature to Stern's code matrix. Much like how trophies are currently functioning in the new Avengers Infinity Quest, the collection of trophies in a pinball machine shows the player when they've reached or accomplished certain tasks that become much more specific versus simply high scores which can potentially extend player gameplay and interest for a particular title far beyond becoming the game's grand champion or high score winner. Trophies can be related to any number of specific tasks, from the number of continuous combos, to skill shots, spinner hits, target shots, or any accomplishments the designers wish to deem noteworthy, and most importantly that you might deem noteworthy and want to share with fellow pinheads. Maybe even sharing them online? Hmm. The collection of a certain number of trophies in a game can also potentially unlock specific wizard modes like we've been seeing again in the Avengers Infinity Quest where collecting 24 trophies unlocked a wizard mode called Trophy Mania. So in summary, the number of accomplishments or trophies are really only limited by the designer's imagination and the coder's ability to implement them into a specific game. They are a very interesting design or code feature and also are very relevant in today's gaming and digital world. So get ready to collect them as I believe we'll be seeing more trophies coming soon to a stern pinball machine near you. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Well, last week, Zach said that he wants a Jersey Jack pinball banner, and it looks like it might be happening. They're considering adding two different Guns N' Roses 72-inch by 30-inch banners to their merchandise store. Speaking of which, the merchandise store goes live this week. It's sure to contain Jersey Jack hats, shirts, pinball covers, and I'm sure tons of other merchandise, all emblazoned with Not In This Lifetime and the Guns N' Roses logo. This may help tide some of the Guns N' Roses buyers over while the limited editions continue out the door and the collector's editions get ready to be put on the line. One lucky fan found a surprise when they opened up their Guns N' Roses limited edition and found a signed poster inside slash signed the two foot by three foot promotional poster and made one customer extra happy. 
And on the media front, Jack Winery appeared on, of all places, BBC News, talking about the new Guns N' Roses machine. I thought the interview started off a little rough when she said, quote, It may seem quite old-fashioned, but Jack countered with, quote, This is not your grandfather's pinball machine. Most of the interview talked about COVID and how that is increasing home sales all across the world. I see Jack even played to his audience by inserting a reference to Sir Paul McCartney in the interview. And Jack made a good case for why pinball is not only still relevant, but the JJP is on the vanguard of pinball design. For The Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg. Hey, this is Kaz with an American Pinball Update. American Pinball has just announced the hiring of a new Director of Operations and Marketing. This is David Fix. He's worked for both the largest arcade manufacturer in the world and also the fastest growing family entertainment center in North America. David has recently headed up the relaunch of Pinball Expo over the last three years. He's also been an avid collector for over 20 years. When asked about the future of American Pinball, David said, I'm excited to be part of this journey with American Pinball's most exciting gameplay yet to come. So everybody has a great week and has fun playing pinball. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Costner. Well, that was great. Not the song, but hearing from the correspondents. It was good. I'm glad those guys are back in the saddle. I even got a message from Dr. Joan, and he was like, I want to submit something, guys, but there is nothing. There is no changes, nothing. He's cognizant of it. I did want to note uh, that, and obviously not not this current one, but when Chris Chandler did the last Deep Root correspondent, mm-hmm. I thought he did a really good job. Like he's putting a like a Craig Bobby spin, but his own take. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might be better than Craig. <gasps> I was about to compliment you for the compliment of Chandler because Chan Man, that was that was phenomenal. That was a really good. It was really there. good. I liked it. And you know me, Zach, uh, I do not give compliments easily. I know. Like, I almost felt vicariously through that. I was like, oh, I wonder if he thinks I'm great, too. Uh, But no, you're right. You're really good at editing. Except when you don't get the sound levels balanced. Never mind. Take that one back. You don't. You can't even edit. (sighs) You know that's my... It's your one weakness. The refusal to learn Audacity and using video software to do your audio editing. But it's a kryptonite. The editing is, that's what I would pride myself most on. And it was But you're close. doing the editing. I was for so that, close. I thank you. Yeah, but the, everybody does editing. Oh, it was right there. Uh, not everybody. I'm, I'm telling you this right now, Dennis. <laughs> if you ever want to make a grown man cry, compliment my editing. Because that's the one that I put, I put everything into. So I'll, I'll keep working on that. But then you said he did better than Craig Bobby. Whoa. Oh, pump the brakes there, Crazy. Wow. Craig really relies on his intonation to sort of carry everything at this point. Did you not hear his triple hey last week? Hey, 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 everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it. And I it corresponded, it. you know, it's funny, he messaged me. It corresponded with how many code updates there were for Stern that week. Three. <laughs> oh, well, that's pretty clever. So oh. I do I do like those, those subtle ties. I love to see Bobby. There's a lot of Stern pinball news this week. One of them is from our friends over at the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. They interviewed, again, designer Keith Elwin. He's like a regular over there. Is that the third there. time now? He's like a co-host at this point. He must have like an entire closet of Loser Kid swag. <laughs> this whole wardrobe. It's like on the Simpsons or something. They open it up and you know all the outfits are the same. Yeah. <laughs> the same. It's like P.B. Herman opening up his closet. All those, uh, all those suits. 
Yeah, I can just hear Keith Elwin go up and look in and go, well, Cherry, what should we wear today? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really have a good Keith impression, but that's what you get. That, I, it's the best one I've heard. But I do think he has a Cherry. You think so? You remember the chair from mm-hmm. Pee Wee's Playhouse? Yeah. Cherry? Cherry? Wasn't that the name, Cherry? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I don't remember what Cherry sounded like. I think Cherry was with the with the big eyelashes. I think she was... I remember what she looked like. I don't remember what she sounded like. Yeah, I don't either. Hey, Pee Wee, why don't you sit down? Was it that? <laughs> she sounds like Marge. <laughs> you know, that was Mar- I think that was Marge's sister. Sit down! <laughs> Yeah, get me a pack of camels. What's wrong with you, Pee-wee? Where's your bike? Why'd you lose it again? Rub on me. I'm too stiff. Oh, man. I loved Pee-wee Herman. Love that show. Mm. The movie was better than the show, too. Tim Burton. The movie was very oriented to adults. Uh, Big Adventure was. Yeah, my kids loved that film. And I don't mind when they watch it. So I guess what we're saying is Keith Elwin is Pee-wee Herman. Ain't no crudes, too, but what is? Oh, man. Going toe-to-toe, that'd be a tough call. I'm still going Pee-wee's there, but that's a tough call. Maybe not all the Pee-wee films. Crudes 2 might beat that, but Big Adventure, ain't beating that. Keith Elwin said that his next game, Dennis, has an upper flipper. Surprise, surprise. But this time, it's an upper flipper with a twist. I didn't know if he was being literal, and it was the Monopoly, the fucking spinning little mm. upper flipper. Oh, no. Oh, come on. No, no I, Upper no. flipper with a twist. That's, that's a gimmick. No way. Yeah, but what twist does an upper flipper have? He's already done the twist of the, the mini two-inch flipper on Iron Maiden. Like what twist? Maybe the twist is that the flipper comes out of the play field, kind of like the spinning strange disc. Uh, maybe it's uh, in the like in the middle, middle, middle of the play field. Ew. You know, not on the side, but he's incorporated. I mean, obviously, the Iron Maiden little flipper was not against the you know the side of the pinball machine. Okay. But it was way up at the top, maybe something lower down. Is he splitting but, the playfield like Spy Hunter or Genie? Oh, I I mean, wow, I mean, that would be. I don't think I mean, so. There's twists and then there's radical deviations that people will actually hate. So I guess Alien then. Alien had a flipper that was right in the middle. Yeah, of the Alien did. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe something along those lines. Hmm. Uh, maybe a flipper that works like the little uh, boom pop and it pops up. It's only yeah, available so, yeah, sometimes. Coming out of the playfield. Hmm. So, so yeah, your thought on that? That would be an interesting twist. I think it. I don't know mechanically how you would ever get that to work, but what if the flipper after you flip it? It flips, it does like a 180, and now it's on the other side. So it's sort of in the middle, and it either oh, is a, functions as a left or a right. Like the truck on JP. The ball goes to the other side. Hmm? That's interesting. And then there's like a shot on the left and a shot on the right that's accessible depending on how you've positioned that flipper. What if it's a flipper that you can only use if you have that power-up? That's the only time you can activate that flipper, and it stages it for you, and you've got one shot. And that's hmm. it. Yeah, that would be a that'd be a twist. There are a lot of little twist things you could hmm. do. Keith, come on. What are you talking twist? What do you think Keith Owen's next game is? Do you think it is Godzilla? Because that is what everyone is rumor milling. Well, then I guess I would I would go with a rumor. I still liked the idea of him having James Bond, but I think that's fitting too, yeah. Given his love of Archer, I think he could incorporate a lot of spy stuff into a Bond pin. Yeah, the whole Godzilla Keith Elwin thing is just continuing to catch. uh, (laughs) That's my Godzilla. That was like Babyzilla. I know. It's more. That's pretty good. It was also scary, but that's more Godzilla. Sorry, it was no goat. 
So he also talked about uh, shedding some light on the inside of those trophies. Remember, we even uh, talked about it here, Dennis, where we said trophies. How does trophies fit into the world of Marvelous Avengers? And it didn't. He actually was like, I can't really answer that when they asked about the trophies and why why trophies. They asked the question. So nice job, loser kid. Um, but he said he really can't answer that and it would be more prevalent in the future. And he was kind of saying outside of that particular pinball machine. Ah, and an achievement system. Okay. What do you make of that? Do you think it's going to the internet connectivity? That's the one way to measure different awards throughout games that it's bland enough and generic enough as a trophy to make sense. Yeah, uh, it's fitting. I mean, obviously trophies are the a term that I think, I think Microsoft pioneered the concept with achievements, but a lot of okay. people have used uh, PlayStation, Steam. They use the generic term trophies for okay. theirs. So that feels like that's what they're, what they're going to be going for. And yeah, I, I think it would make the most sense with an online uh, profile system. So you basically are signed in and then... There's some site, probably Stern site, where you'll be able to go and load up profiles and see who's earned what trophies. Mm -hmm. Be nice if they include things like here's the percentage of people that have at least one trophy in the game and how, what percentage of that. That's how you get your count of how many people have played it. Oh, okay. And, yeah. and uh, what percentage have earned the, you know, the I got the soul gem. So that could be a measurement system as well is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, that's how it's used on the video game side. Very interesting. Yeah, so that's what it feels like they're going for because he even admitted, he said, do trophies make sense in Marvel's Avengers? No, they don't, but they're there for another reason. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to wait very long to hear Gary Stern. Uh, he was interviewed on the Super Awesome Pinball Show this last week, and they were having their one-year anniversary, I believe. I'm in the process of listening to this episode, but I have not gotten to the interview yet. So this will all be new to me. Oh, you're in the Ed Vanderveen section. I am. Yes. Gotcha. So Gary Stern, as many of you know, is the CEO of Stern Pinball, one of the founders. Before we go into some of the details of this interview, and I'm not going to give away too much. You go and listen to it yourselves. But I have to really give a ton of credit to the Super Awesome Pinball Show Notably, their hosts, Christopher Franchi and Christian Line. Maybe I even said Christian Line first. They, Dennis, they both, I can't wait till you listen. They slayed that interview. They killed it. They did such an impeccable job. All of the common pitfalls that they could have fallen into, they stayed away from. And they asked some tough questions. And Gary Stern was unbelievably uh, cordial and entertaining and informative. It was an A in my books, an A interview. So I just wanted to give a because Chris and I don't always see eye to eye on things, but this, all the credit due from me to those guys fucking slayed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, I look forward to getting to the interview oh, and being able man. to hear it then. Man, it was good. Uh, Gary was talking about how much money it costs to develop a new pinball title. This was a bit surprising to me. He said one to $2 million. Why does that surprise you? Um, because I know that Stern tries to be as efficient as possible, even in some of their design elements, um, using parts they're accustomed to and they know. And Yeah, they, but you have a lot of embedded salary in the development cycle. That's, that's going to be a, a good, chunk of that. That's true. $1 million to create a new title. Every new title. Or two. Or two. He said uh, one, one or more. Sometimes, but one to two. Mm. But one, one or a lot more. 
a million dollars to create a new or two for Beatles because a million was just the license. Oh boy, we'll talk about some flops. No, not flops. I think it was, I forgot which host asked, but they asked about, are there ever times, Gary, where you have to kind of switch titles in production timeline? Something is slated to come out next, but just sales wise, it just doesn't make sense to what you're doing at the time, or maybe our society's in, or just it's hit uh, another title is potentially hitting better. Do you ever switch those up? And he said, it happens. And he said, it happens almost as if it felt as if it happens not regularly, but it does happen. Yeah, I know there's been a, a, a lot of speculation about certain games where, you know, there have been comments from developers and stuff where, like, like was, it sounded like Jurassic Park ended up, they had to rush a little mm-hmm. bit before they, so that might have been a shift. Mm-hmm. And, well, um, I think uh, Turtles was shifted around a bit, I thought. Hmm. No. Uh, well, I of course the obvious one would be to say uh, the decision to put out Wonelli in 2015 instead of 1975 when oh, it was meant to come out. Good call. Yeah, nobody can argue with that. Gary goes on a tangent in a tirade about mod makers. He really? Oh, yeah. And Gary was having some vodkas too, so he was loose. He was threatening almost some of these mod makers, saying that ah, measles mods, be careful. He, he, he basically said, if you're using intellectual property or any likeness, it is a felony. He said, it is a felony. Be careful. He's, is it, it a felony? He claimed it was a felony. He said, I I don't know. He said, likely the only way you're going to see jail time because of it is if you continue to repeat it after you've been told to stop. But he said, it is a felony. Wow. So he said, stop doing it. And I don't know if that was like, Part of me felt like, because I know the history between him and Chris Franchi, and that's where they, you know, kind of ended it on Franchi saying he wanted to sell art prints and it, it got ugly, but it almost felt like a, this is how important this is to me. I'm Gary Stern and we partner with these. Well, and he also said like some of these mod makers compromise their ability to do licensing because these, uh, these intellectual properties holders come back and say, if this is the community that, that you're running, if this is the industry that you're in, we have no interest in doing anything else with you. Seemed a bit heavy. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe they see it as a, as a serious threat. Wow. I, it was surprising. He was strong. I'm looking forward to you listening to that. Talked about, uh, speaking of mods, the Star Wars topper. Ah. Boop, 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 boop. Yes. Boop, 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 boop. He said, nope, in, that's the Hulk duty. Hulk duty. When are we going to see that? Did he answer that? Oh, uh, oh, Hulk 2D2 or the Avengers topper? Yeah. No, Hulk 2D2. Oh, man, we got to work on radio on that one. Gary said basically they lost their ass on the Star Wars toppers. Lost their ass. Mm. Well, they're still for sale, so I guess I'm not too shocked. Yeah, that's true. But they're for sale from distributors. They've already sold them to us distributors, so I don't see how they lost their ass. It made me think... They lost their ass because of the production delays, the licensing, and the licensing, and the licensing. That would be my guess. They have a three-dimensional main character of that saga on the top or moving around and interacting with the player. That There's no way that's cheap, Dennis. Oh, speaking of, I just unboxed a Star Wars comic premium for myself. Well, doing some quick research, uh, yeah, it looks like Gary Stern is correct. Criminal copyright infringement does appear to be felony status. Yeah. Because let's see. Oh, let's see. Fines of 
not more than a million dollars imprisonment for not more than 10 years. Those would be felony levels. The government will not prosecute innocent infringers, persons who have a good faith reason to believe that copying was permitted, although those can still be subject to civil lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Willful violators and those who do it for purposes of financial gain of the Digital Millennial Copyright Act may be subject to fines of not more than 500,000 or imprisonment for not more than five years. There's also a a status under over just general copyright, not the DMCA Mm -hmm. copyright. But uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So he was yep. he was really pushing that. Okay. Well, uh, I did not know that. I most of the stuff I've ever heard on copyright has always been civil, mm-hmm. but but uh, usually, of course, most of the instances we hear about are things like on Twitch and stuff where it is inadvertent or not done for financial gain reasons. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, but obviously, I see where the thing with mod makers would be. No, you're making these products on purpose to sell them. That's what he was uh, saying. Yeah. They know well, well yeah, so it's deliberate and it's for financial gain. Mm-hmm. Though most of the pro mod entities, you know, I mentioned measles mods earlier, all their stuff I see are generic. You know, they deliberately, they, to, yeah. they seem to know what they, they know what they're doing. They they're, know how to skirt the, skirt the line. It's here. like, yeah, we're going, we're not going to have a, you're not going to make a mod of an R2D2. We'll make a mod of some generic space thing that you can stick in your machine. So yeah, three, two F5. And then your computer crashes. Well, it might just be, you know, the example I've given before is rather than like selling uh, uh, an enterprise that they built themselves, they'll sell asteroids. Yes. Or you buy a, a thing Potatoes. that already had the a rights, like they were for a while, I think, selling birds of prey. But those were just purchased from Hallmark, which had secured the license. Mm-hmm. And they added LEDs to them to make them cooler. Mm. Yeah. Those were cool. I wish I had gotten one, but they were those too pricey were by the time cool. I saw them. So, yeah, he was. And I, I thought, well, maybe Gary's positioning himself here. Either he's just being loose Gary and shooting off the cuff because that's how Gary Stern, I could see Gary Stern just naturally that coming into his mind. Or maybe this is a concentrated effort, Dennis, to to say, hey, behind the scenes, we're really going all in on these accessories and we're really pumping up accessories. So I need to get the uh, the counterpoint out there uh, to drum down that, that arena as well to say, mod makers, you need to stop while we keep increasing. Well, but beyond like the most like shooter rods and stuff, they haven't really shown a lot of interest of play field mods. Mm, yeah, that's true. That like I've true. not like it would make more sense to me that they would be doing those and then let's stomp out the competition that's operating illicitly. Mm-hmm. Not not let's stop the competition first and then bring out our product. That, that's true. Well, because to me, here's here's the issue. The 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 copyright infringement, while it's still an infringement, it's not if he doesn't have another mod out right now. It doesn't affect, like, that's on Disney to enforce the Star Wars copyright, not mm. Stern. Well, th- that he also said that, too. He was like, we have a relationship with these uh, with these property holders that in our contract, pretty much by default, it says, if you willingly know of anyone infringing upon our copyrights or intellectual property based on our contract, you are to tell us. Right. Whew. So I assume they're reporting. Reporting to the boss. Damn. Yeah, but it, was, uh, it exciting it seemed a little heavy there. But no, well, but- uh, given in the world, you know, shifting back to the topper thing, you know, now that we're in a world of one thousand dollar TMNT and Elvira toppers, mm-hmm. I sorry, I just can't feel a lot of sympathy for how <laughs> yeah. the. I mean, the Star Wars topper was a disaster in a lot of ways, not the least of which was that it took them years to come out with, and that they decided to put an artificial limit on them, and several several issues out of the box for a lot of them too. Oh, you mean functionally there were mm-hmm. problems? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Anything that moves as a topper is, is susceptible to issues. How many uh, customers have you had call you with an issue with their Elvira moving topper? Um, three. 
Wow. Yeah, it, it happens. Same with uh, turtles, not yet. I don't know if there's enough out there yet. Not turtles. turtles is perfect. Black Knight, it moves. It could potentially have a problem. I opened up a Star Wars topper this weekend and put it on that game. Mine worked, mm. and I'm in love with it. But for anybody that says that topper sucks. You like all toppers, though, so that's kind of. I don't like pointless. all toppers. I pretty much like all. You like all manufacturer-made yes, toppers. I think I do. But no, that Star Wars topper is badass. And I didn't know this. So the the benefits of a Stern topper or OEM topper from these manufacturers is there's a relay. So it, you send it, topper sends information. The, infor, uh, the computer sends information to topper. It's a, it's a cycle. So when you plug the topper in for the Star Wars R2-D2 topper, Dennis, it makes noises through the system from R2 himself or herself. or it, It's a machine, Zach. It's an it. From it, I'm personifying things from itself, where if you didn't have that topper plugged in, you wouldn't get those audio callouts. That's cool. So when it chirps, that's coming through the regular speaker system, and that's when he's moving his head. Mm. I just it was a really nice touch. I like it. It looks visually, it looks great. Here's the problem: put the topper on, I put the shaker in, shooter motor. Look at me go. I don't have the mirror blades. Give it time, but I'm gonna get them. Penn Stadium, we got it all. Five games in, and. Pew, it dies. It's just dead. The game or the topper? The game. The game is oh. dead, Dennis. It's dead. That's first, unfortunate. First time it's happened on Stern. But see, even dealers have to deal with that kind of stuff too. It's unfortunate. And uh, five games in, but it's a node board inside cabinet. They'll send me one Monday. They're good about that. Did you know Balrog was a $150 toy? Nope. Doesn't look like it. I, yeah. Maybe the mechanics and the R and D. Yeah, I, well, yeah. All together, I guess I can kind of see it. But yeah, he was talking about the great Balrog story. Good thing it pops out every time you play. He made it. I have to. Um, I'm friends with Keith Johnson, but Keith, I'm going to have to agree with him on this one. His reasoning makes more sense. You spend 150 dollars for a toy and a pinball machine. That damn thing better be used. And I agree. He also talked about my hero at Stern Pinball. Such a lovely, wonderful, intelligent woman by the name of Shelly Sachs. What do you know about Shelly Sachs, Dennis? I don't know really anything. Yeah, see? It's a travesty. She's been there from way in the Daddy East days with Gary, Joe Kamakawa, and her, the trifecta. Give me Shelly Sachs over the field is what I'm saying. She's a saint. And why do I bring this up? Because she is behind the scenes doing everything. She is like Gary Stern's, you know what? I was going to say she's Gary Stern's right-hand woman, but actually Gary Stern is her right-hand man. That's how strongly I feel about Shelly Sachs. And if anybody has interactions with Stern Pinball, they know that you, you got to get on the Shelly side. I love Shelly Sachs. But she shipped the other day 223 games. One day. Imagine what 223 boxes of pinball machines looks like. She coordinated this. That's a lot of boxes. Unbelievable. That's Stern Pinball. He was talking about that in the interview. Um, and just alone, like last year, last month alone, 1,400 games left the factory. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And the last piece of Stern news this week is the Avengers Topper. It shipped. It's out. It's on top of my machine right now. So how much are these? These come in at six hundred and forty nine ninety nine plus shipping. 
The pricing's all over the There's place. There's no I just rhyme don't or reason. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, is there anything that moves on it? No. Okay, so maybe that's it. Moving okay. things are now a thousand dollars, and non-moving things are six fifty. There's got to be a formula to this. There's got to be. I think they're just still playing. No, the field, my mind can't handle there not being a formula. <laughs> so they decided six hundred for non-moving wasn't enough. So they've added another fifty dollars, yeah. and moving's at a thousand. That's what it feels like right now. We'll see when Stranger Things comes out. So this is like like Jurassic Park. This got mowed with it. Yeah, but the only thing I have noticed is that we're not hearing all the screaming. Nobody's talking about this. Well, this isn't the first. This is the second. But like the precedent's already been set. Mm. And now that we know that there are manufacturer toppers at a thousand, this is less than that. So it, that's you know, true. In a way, it sounds weird to compl- I mean, you can obviously you could do what I did and sort of focus in and say, yeah, but it's not. It's the most expensive non-moving topper they've ever sold because mm-hmm. it is. But yeah, it, I don't it, know. It's right up there with Jurassic Park kind of thing. It does have a mode. I found it interesting that they released to us dealers and to the public basically a rule set for the extra mode that's in this Avengers Infinity Quest topper. I don't know if they've done that before. Uh, they sure as hell didn't do it on Jurassic Park with the Goat Mania mode. Was Goat Mania just so simple, though, they didn't really need that? No, I, th- I think they just, it was new, so they weren't prepared to explain. Uh, yeah, that, may, yeah, that, that makes mode. sense, actually. Yeah, I, I could go with that. Now they just want to let people know what they're getting here. So basically you're collecting all six gems, very much like spelling out the Jurassic Park letters. They do roll over, so it's progressive. Progressive, yeah. yeah. And even when you're turning the game off, it will save in memory how many stones you had collected. You gotta you gotta finish that mode to get that stone. So once you fill it up, you go into one of a number of different modes, but they're all the same mode. It's weird. It's called Gem Mania, but it could also be Stone Frenzy, Rock Craze, or Elemental Delirium. The name is random. The mode is the same rules, regardless of the name. Maybe that controls which shots are lit. Oh, yeah, maybe. It's just odd. Stand by for 13 ball play. Yeah, but it gives you the rule, like three ball, multi ball, one million points awarded for starting the mode. Here's what jackpots here, progressively, how you build them up. I found it interesting. I'm like, well, are they really going all in on this DLC-ish topper thing? Topper LC. Topper LC. Trademark. That's a good Top one. Topper loadable content. That's a good one. Oh, a little bit of TLC. Oh. <laughs> do, you, do you still agree with this? Uh, uh, no, not really. Uh, because I think all it does is piss people off and you're not holding the price down on pinball machines. Like they're still going up. So what's the, like, to, from the consumer perspective, why are you doing it? Mm. That was the argument video games had with their DLC was we're not going to raise the price of the base game. We're just going to put out this extra stuff as DLC and you charge you then. And they did hold the line. But if Stern's going to keep raising their machines every three pins $100, that clearly isn't working. Yeah. The, the, Maybe they're going to hold now? I don't know. They haven't made that. They haven't made. They haven't said that there's any reason to do this other than it makes them money. So, I, you know, I don't see a consumer benefit to it at all. You can get the score up in this mode, too. I mean, you can do add-a-balls. It's a multi-ball. It's significant. You can have it on by default, and then if you start a competition game, it turns off. Kind of right, yeah, yeah. Anything progressive at this point, they'll, they'll make a way for you to disable it for competitive purposes. It's a beautiful, I will say it's a beautiful topper. It looks really good. It's very similar to the Jurassic Park where you get a lot of those lighting effects and 2D uh, plastics. So there's nothing over the top movement wise. It's just a really nice crown for the top of that, that pinball machine, which a lot of people are loving that game right now. It's turning into the next streamer game. You know what I mean? There's, a, there's always a streamer game 
of of the month or of the quarter. Yeah, some of that's driven by online competition yes, stuff. Yes. I mean, I think I think everyone got a little sick of watching Jurassic Park. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. because it seemed like everyone was streaming it to play that in was some the competitions. Game. There for a little bit, Hot Wheels got a little bit of that spotlight as the this, the streamer game of the month. But I think we're getting ready to dive into Avengers everywhere streaming. And speaking of streaming, there's a big ass event this last week. Absolutely, Zach. Pin Clash. Pin Clash was held this weekend. <laughs> that was so nice. Eight hours of pinball that, clashes. Yes. A lot of. I a watched lot of a very small portion of this. Unfortunately, uh, right after I tuned in, I got to see like one and a half games, and then they were like on an extended break where there were a lot of interviews. Mm, so yeah. I went back to reading a novel instead. But oh. Pin Clash was held indeed. And Dennis, what is wrong with me? There's something happening to me. I'm getting the shakes and I'm getting sweats. Yeah, what, what it is ain't exactly clear. <laughs> I like that. See? See? Yeah, what? I won't I won't go there. You can't. I know. I know. It was that's I'm just impressed you knew it. That's mean. You, uh, you dangled the carrot I, and then I'm you not pulled it away. For being on this show for my niceness. Although I am the second nicest person in all of pinball. <laughs> Consider the source? <laughs> Yeah, I'm the source. I'm making this claim. Uh, I have data to back it up. I don't know what's wrong with me because I'm supposed to be a collector, a flexor. Why mm-hmm. did I watch at least six hours of this? Well, it was well produced, so they made it entertaining. And I think a lot of people who play pinball at some level like an element of competition, even if it's not the formal structure of playing for whoppers through the IFPA, mm-hmm. just the idea of, I mean, it's still a game and people try and win versus other people it's, or yeah, beat their top scores or something. It's task-based, fast match play. And that's going to be part of it, task-based. So that really appeals to the, you know, as, as Keith noted on his Loser Kid interview when he designs a game, he does one of two things. He thinks about the people who play for score and the people who play for story. Mm-hmm. But you're still trying to win your way through both. But I don't like speedrun stuff. This is the stuff that I don't like. I think no speed speedrun is the it's the only way to really make it entertaining oh. to to casuals oh. to those that don't know. Not the, true. Uh, pinball is one of the worst oh. in the tr- in the strictest normal like competitive sense. It's one of the worst competitive games because the better you do, the longer it goes, which is like the antithesis to every sport. I will not accept that. So you watched it? Maybe you hate watched it and you didn't really like it. Carl, did you hate watch it? Look was what, this like a hate watch thing? <laughs> Look what you're doing to me, Carl. It wasn't a hate watch. It was a, this is fascinating and entertaining and well-produced. And the commentators are brilliant. Snow Galvin and Steve Bowden. They were great. Jeff T. Ellis on interviews. Oh, the production and the direction of Carl D'Angelo and the IE pinball team. Damn you guys. Damn you. You know what the most beautiful aspect was, in my view, that that all integrated, happened, produced, and it somehow miraculously didn't need the person who has never played in a competitive thing to do it for them. <gasps> who are you talking about? I'm just speaking in general terms. Mm, I still want. I'm, I'm a generalist. I still want to crack at it. No, why bother? It's been done and been done better than what you would have done. Oh, well, that's just mean because you don't know. No, that's the, now you have that, because you know how you get. I know. You, people tell you something's not possible, uh, you start to want to do I it. I go all in. Like, nope, you can't, you can't beat Carl. Carl's the master. Uh, very he's nicely like, done. He's like Darth Vader. He's going to fight you one-handed, just like poor Luke in Empire. I am Luke. 
and you're going to lose your hand. And then how will you slap Greg in the face? Is he my father? Carl? Greg? Probably not. No, Carl. It was very nicely executed. They held a viewer count, Dennis, and listener of 350 to 400 individuals for the entire eight hours. Oh, yeah. People were messaging me about it. Uh, it was I saw it was discussed in the Kansas City Discord was talking about it. I had someone message me asking me if I was watching it when it was it was already been underway for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it was a big it was a big deal. And I think the if I'm being honest, I think one of the biggest reasons that I watched number one, it was engaging. It was very well done. It it was everything that I love about pinball. But another big part of it, if I'm being honest with myself, was uh, the TPN camaraderie. There was a lot of TPN uh, affiliate streamers in there, part of that competition, and I consider them friends. So it was it was nice feeling like I was vicariously part of the team there and rooting for them. And a lot of I've seen a lot of other TPN people in uh, in the chat supporting one another. And again, it's exactly what we want. That was that was great. So I think maybe that was a big draw too for me. Yeah, that would make sense. Sure. Special shout out to all of those that showed that TPN love, including Jeff Teolis and Fliptronic and everybody. Um, I felt that. That was that was nice to see. Did you see the finals? I love our group. I did see the finals. I don't want to spoil it, but it did come down to, surprise, surprise, number one ranked uh, Raymond Davidson, number two ranked uh, Escher Lefkoff. Good showing by Taylor Reese. Tay-Tay is what they call him, and... Taylor is a player. Wow. Don't be fooled by you know, all this talk about just building rails and stuff. He Holy knows how to play. Moly. And he is fun to watch. He is oh, animated. He's really violent. Ooh. His facial expressions, I, I felt like I I ran a jogged a couple miles. I was like, his facial expressions, I, that is what we need on video uh, if we're trying to pitch this thing. And Robert Rob Byers, good lord. Rob had a good showing. He was dressing up and spinning the spinner on his WWE belt. It was a it was a bunch of fun. Nicely done. Moving on throughout the pinball news this week, Canadian Pinball Podcast did interview designer Dave Sanders. Dave Sanders, for those of you who don't know, was the designer of Alien Pinball as well as Full Throttle Pinball. He was part of that highway team. And most recently, he's been credited for designing a Punny Factory. Like Pinball Adventures or Pinball Buzz. I don't know what the company's called. But they were chatting. A couple things that I found interesting on their show uh, was that he was talking about the concepts in all of these highway machines as a designer. The full throttle concept of a chain loop accelerator. So the full throttle game. I don't know. Andrew Highway wanted to pitch this chain loop accelerator thing. Getaway supercharger. Right, right. Okay. But But vertical. But uh, vertical. Okay. How, <laughs> I, how would that have worked? I, Dave Sanders said it would never have worked. Huh, uh, okay. So they talked him out of it. He said, plus it looked very phallic, like a big metal schlong. So, well, you could have reshaped that a little bit. I th- <laughs> Depends on if it's cold outside, Dennis. Uh, it. <laughs> I didn't just say, say resize it <laughs> to a, a little metal schlong, <laughs> a little loop. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and you'll pick up on Dave Sanders has a lot of <laughs> a lot of innuendo. He is very focused on some of these uh, some of these body parts and and some of the the failed attempts at some of these designs. I thought this one was cool though. Dennis in full throttle. You know how there's those spinning discs like the wheels mm-hmm. on the yeah. play field. Yeah, it's been a while since I've played it. I think okay. there's like two spinning discs. They look like wheels. He said originally. 
they were supposed to be coming up kind of like that uh, a pop bumper in Circus Voltaire, but they were okay, supposed yeah. to be spinning rubber bumpers that came oh, up. Oh, like, like Orbiter 1? Do those come up out of the play floor? Or just no, stand? no, but they spin. Oh, yes. And they're yes. one of the few instances I know of that do. Like that. And I thought, that's a really good idea. I think that would be fun, seeing the ball yeah, interact with ideas from Orbiter 1 are great ideas, Zach. Well, that's why it was such a hit game. I don't think that that's why it was a bust, but... The spinning rubber bumpers. I want to see that. That sounded fun. Rubber baby bubby bump. Bub, oh, bumper. you almost got through it. Oh. <laughs> I can't it's do not it. Tuma. I'm from southern Indiana. I can't say that stuff fast. He also worked on Alien as a designer after, I guess, Nordman left. But they were talking about an effect on the, the ramp habit trail where the ball would be like a bursting effect through the chest. <laughs> like the, uh, the, not the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the face hugger yeah. or the chest burster or whatever. Yeah, that's the, the mo- one of the most famous scenes from the original yeah. Alien. You know, the actors weren't aware what was going to happen that day. Oh, God, I did not that's know That's how that. they got those surprised looks. I've seen some of the props that they used in the special effects of that chest and everything, but I didn't know they didn't know that. And back then, everything was like real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back in like the yeah, 70s and 80s, effects, everybody yeah. believed everything. Like, oh, God. But he said ultimately they had to can it because it ended up looking like an ass pooping. And he plunk. he made a... <laughs> Instead of a... It's a plunk. Bloop. Bloop. Oh, I like when it washes back up. It's like a, it's like a cheap bidet. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> well, Kyle, where is he? He's coming. Come on, dude, push. Oh, no. <laughs> he can't. He can't get rid of me. I smell like flowers. I'm on the alien film moment. I've always wanted to star in my own alien game. Shoot the toilet. Alien They scrapped it, and again, Dave Sanders going back to the the potty. I'm 50% acid and 50% corn. I'll burn through that damn cat. 50% acid, 50% corn. That's good. That's a good one. You could I actually, uh, I will do, I'm going to pull a Greg. I'm going to give you a little side story. Apologies okay. to the listeners in advance. So I went to pick up food yesterday. I was at a, at a chicken place drive through Not like the Thanksgiving food you picked up, right? No. <laughs> yeah, the no, no. Oh, gosh. Let's not talk about <laughs> okay. that. And, and so I'm there, and the person in front of me is – no, sorry. I, I'd already ordered, so I'm waiting in line. The person behind me is ordering, and she's wanting something customized. And she asked for if they could give her 50% like gravy, 50% barbecue sauce, and 50% uh, chili. And to his credit, the, the worker said, well, I can't actually give you three 50 percents. <laughs> but, oh. but if you would like, I can give you thirds. And I was like, kudos what? to that guy being willing to correct someone like that who is just, you know, kind of. Yeah, I only push it 150%. shitting all over math that yes. hard. I was like, I should have given him a tip. You should have. I don't, you know the per- I don't know if the person who built, I don't think the person who worked the window was the person who was on the on the microphone, though. It didn't sound the same. So, a th- What a smart fella. Well, I mean, well, to be fair, it is fairly obvious, but. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, this person's just talking, you know, 50%, 50%, 50%. Does she she wanted why, them all mixed in one? Uh, yeah, she was like ordering a, the, 
I don't know what exactly. I don't know what I didn't hear what she was ordering for sure. Like if she was ordering like different types of chicken strips or what. But <laughs> but regardless, she was talking in terms of fifty percent. But she went she wanted to do things three different ways. Yeah. So her math wasn't any good, and that's why it was important to me that Mister Hanky's composition was accurate to one hundred percent. I like it. And to her credit, she did laugh and recognize her error. Okay. So right. she wasn't like a she didn't pull a Karen on it. So sometimes you get those people that like enjoy that. So like he's probably an extrovert. Is it was in a way exhausting to me as oh. well to hear this. But extrovert? What, did he try to sell you on a certain chicken platter? No, no, no. He just took my order. And was done. What'd you order? I did not order chicken. I ordered a pork tenderloin. A pork tenderloin, huh? Uncooked? Yeah. Uh, no, it was cooked. I don't know if it was like a butcher shop where you take it home and cook it. <laughs> uh, no, I yeah, I love uh, I love to have uh, liver flukes, so I eat all my pork raw, Ugh. Zach. I see the blood just running down your chin. So uh, what size did you get? Fries. Really? Hmm? How American of you. What was fries? 80% of their fry of their side orders are fries, I believe, according to... So does they announce their food stats on their Facebook page? Because they mix up their menus. Because they do like sweet potato mm-hmm. tater tots and... Also, and, uh, you know, okra, I think fried pickles, things like that. And I think the sweet like, potato fries is an abomination. I don't like sweet potato. Uh, I hate it, actually. Don't try to don't try to jazz it up and fry it and call it a fry. It's still unhealthy and it doesn't taste as good. Yeah, and they and they've pivoted on that. They used to do sweet potato fries and they weren't selling well, so now they do sweet potato tater tots, which maybe stay more sweet potatoy in the center. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. I, I yeah, like no one orders them. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Don't, we'll see. Don't mess up a good tot. You gotta have them crispy. And speaking of, there's there's a lot of rumblings going around right now. Ab- yes, about I'm hearing Alien. these. Yeah, pinball. Like Brothers. pinball brothers has been teasing, teasing, teasing. Mm-hmm. I've heard rumors that Dutch pinball may be doing the production. Yeah, who knows? Who's uh, and the Playfield monitor sounds like it's gone now for expense reasons. I, it still interests me. That game interests me. I think ultimately it will be a fail because it doesn't have Sigourney Weaver. That's just my take. It's always going to be my take. If you don't have the main character, but you're still trying to put video assets in. It's a fail. Well, you know, the argument is she doesn't have that many good lines. What a stupid argument. Who's arguing that? I'd like to slap I, was, I just read it on Penn side. I don't remember who said God, it. but That person deserves a slap. Doesn't have good lines. I think it was someone who worked on the game. Was was their logic when they couldn't. It wasn't that they couldn't secure her. That it was the price that, the, that was quoted from her agent or whatever. And... So they made the decision that, well, she doesn't have enough good lines to to worry about that. Yeah, and, yeah. She, you know, they thought it worked. She is alien. She's a franchise. You know, I mean, that's my opinion as a, as a fan of the of the franchise, as the as the of the original quadrilogy in mm-hmm. particular. I just I feel that if you want to have an alien game, you really should have the star of the show. The only unifying factor across all four movies is Sigourney Weaver. I, I would be open to purchasing this game if they can figure it out i don't know who would be building it but they're teasing i've it. only played it once I, I, I think the rules were they were great i think the rule concept for the game was good i didn't think it shot all that well personally mm. just not for me uh, and it's a wide body i'm not too surprised i wasn't thrilled with with the geometry true true I, it wasn't awful I, it was like i put it i put it in the top half of wide bodies i've played code's supposed it's to be just, fun yeah, no, I uh, from what I could tell of the rules, the rule the rule development was excellent. Mm-hmm. I really think it was a solid rule. And of course, you know, the the coder got picked up by American Pinball and yep. I think 
uh, Alien alone would have been enough of a resume to justify that hire. American Pinball, they still should make that. What do they got to lose? Oh, you think Pinball Brothers should go to American yeah. Pinball and arrange for you? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. I would trust the production more than I would with Dutch. Exactly. And that's what American Pinball lacks. They lack creative ideas for titles. <laughs> they lack creativity. Uh, but I mean, I hate Great. to be like that, but that's what they're lacking. So they're a match made in heaven to me. So we'll see what uh, Pinball Brothers, I think they're going to be appearing on SAP sometime soon. Jersey Jack Pinball's in the news. Somebody mm. pulled out of their brand new Jersey Jack Guns N' Roses machine a signed... A Wonka. <laughs> a, oh. a <laughs> no, it was a, mis- it was a misboxing business. Oh, a pin inside a pin, yo. It was a poster signed by Slash. What a cool commemorative piece to open up as part of your kick-ass pinball machine. Mm, that's neat. So it feels like they're kind of tipping into the... Remember they did the signed hat on the... The slash yeah. signed hat on the stage. I remember right? when that appeared on Pinside for sale. Mm-hmm. I was talking to our buddy Ken Cromwell, uh, just on the phone bullshitting with him, and he brought that up and was talking about it. And I was like, "Wait, okay, would you be willing to give us a statement on you know on some of this you're telling me?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." An official statement from JJP oh. Communications me, 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 Director me, 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 Ken me, me, me. Cromwell. Thank you. See, that's this is an me. official statement. <laughs> Hey, 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 Dennis here with your JJP Communications official statement update. Correspondent. Correspondent. Uh, We're tired of waiting and seeing, Zach. Can you please read the statement? Ken Cromwell states, The GNR slash signed poster campaign was something that I worked on with Eric Minyer and slash of GNR. I really wanted to offer a chance for our supporters to own something unique, regardless of what model of GNR they purchased. So, we have a very limited number of slash signed posters that will be randomly dropping in boxes of brand new GNR pinball machines for the next few months. I think it's really cool bonus and adds another level of anticipation upon receiving your brand new game. I'm grateful to Eric and slash for being as excited about this as I am. And I'm even more grateful to our distributors and buyers that have helped make this title a huge hit. Ken Cromwell. Cool. That was really nice. Nice. I, I like this movement that he made there because he knows we've, we've talked about that. Like there, there's something special about getting that extra little thing. So he's coordinated this and they were agreeable to it and they're excited about it. So continue doing this kind of stuff, JJP. This is good. Ken might be on fire. Ken is on fire. Not literally on fire because that's ah! dangerous and, and painful. But Stop, drop, and roll. Didn't you learn that, Ken? Professionally on fire. Yes, he is on fire. You know what I would like to see? Uh, for the Twippies, we'll talk about the Twippies here. The Twippies had some changes, a lot the same, a lot different, but they have a, they changed up their rookie of the year category where I saw that. Yeah. It can no longer include anybody outside of manufacturing. Yeah. I think it was, it's now set to be a a rookie working for a pinball manufacturer. Apologies if I'm not summarizing that accurately, but that was my interpretation of what I remember reading. And I believe the nomination has to be made by the company. A formal letter hmm. or something. Hmm. I don't know the details on that. But I think that Ken Cromwell should be given a huge push on that rookie of the year. I was actually, when you mentioned the Twippies, I was actually thinking it would be interesting if there had been a category for like best pinball game uh, launch. Hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting it's actually worth adding a whole new category, you know, on, on a, a word series that has a ton of categories already. But just thinking about the Would it be launch or reveal? A, 
Which is the difference yeah. there? Uh, well, I'm just thinking, just, you know, we've talked about it uh, uh, several times now about how well mm-hmm. Ken with Jersey Jack and the launch of GNR has been. Yeah. Uh, and just, and similar, you know, a lot of positive uh, response in terms of the launch of Rick and Morty out of Spooky. And yes. I was just sort of thinking, yeah. you know, that's one of the big things that a lot of people in pinball do talk about is how well executed was the launch on these things. And so. That's a great point, actually. But but yeah, rookie in this case obviously would be a good way to recognize Ken's hard work. On mm-hmm. I mean, that's the big change that I know of is they brought in Ken, and you see that social media firing on all cylinders. Like it, yeah, yeah. I mean, Wonka I thought had a pretty good reveal, but GNR is like to me it is the best reveal uh, of all time that mm-hmm. I at least since I've been in the hobby for the last eight years. I don't think seen. people would argue with you. It's gold standard. I don't think so point. either. So maybe it's not, maybe there's no point in adding a category because it would just give it to him. But I don't think it would be the Pinberg every year of, of a Jersey Jack reveal. But I think it's an interesting thing that people do talk about. I would like well, yeah, to see rookie. rookie. I, yeah, rookie. I, that makes sense. I'd like um, to see Ken Cromwell in that in the running for that because I think mm-hmm. I don't off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of somebody else. Raymond Davison will be in the running if he's. I, I no, guess if he's nominated. I don't believe so. You don't I think so. People in our wasn't teams Avengers his first uh, game to really work uh, code on. No, see, I think they were talking huh. in RTP and Discord that Ray Day should be. I don't think he's eligible. So be careful mm-hmm. before you vote there because he has worked on previous titles. This isn't his, and he's not a lead here. So he is if, going back to my early Twippy committee years. He is. Not, I don't believe he's eligible. He is not doing anything distinctly different this year as a rookie that he wasn't doing. Uh, last I, year. I see what you're saying. Huh? He worked on Jurassic Park. Some he worked on Iron Maiden. Some to my knowledge. Well, I guess it'll come down to what the committee uses for their criteria. That, and that's the tough part for that committee because people are submitting their votes now for a write-in. So, and that was the other thing. There was a change in the write-ins where you can, yes. you can write in more than one person for these write-in categories, uh, you know, favorite a podcaster, the pinball show, favorite you could write in YouTube, two. straight down the middle, that kind of stuff. You could do two instead of one. But what was strange is, and I don't disagree, I don't agree with this one. This is a change that I would have been, they would have had to listen to me. I would have been loud on. If you're calling it a write-in, you're defeating the entire concept and idea of a write-in when you're adding a drop-down menu. Essentially, listener, you have just changed the write-in they should call it drop-ins because there's two rounds of drop-ins now for the favorite categories. It is redundant and to me makes no sense. But there is a way to actually type in a write-in. Correct, but there are so many flaws that you're introducing by adding a drop-in system in preliminary voting. It's called write-in. It is what off the top of your head that you watch and you consume would you like to see eligible for that top 10? It's a write-in. You shouldn't be prompting people for that. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, it does obviously. You're prompting people a, in the in the final count with the top ten. That's the prompt. You don't need a prompt. You actually need opposite of a prompt. That's what that's what creates this top ten. <sighs> well, I mean, it, it, you know, you you get there's some. I'm assuming the advantage, for example, to the processing is. You won't have misspellings and stuff if no. people are doing the drop downs. I mean, I see like logistically of where course. there would be where would be value for for that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, on the on the flip side, if you've got you know 
if something's not in the list, for example, mm-hmm. it's going to be greatly disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. And so it's a question of the accuracy of, of the list. So as a, um, you know, as a, as a case in point, uh, one of the things that, that was noted to me after, after I'd already voted, but was, you know, the pinball show, for example, this podcast is in the list of podcasts, but the midweek edition show is not. Mm, yeah, that's true. And it's a separate so, show. And so it's like, well, I, I can see how that would be really easy that it wasn't, I'm assuming because it's pulling from the database that the midweek show must just not be in the database. But so, yeah, yeah, obviously that it'd be a lot harder hill to climb for someone who say had something like that and they would have to go for a write-in. But on the flip side, maybe it, the, the decision was more that the, just the work of people trying to That's type in and remember is. the names of the shows and they misspell them. I mean, how many people say TPS instead of the pinball show? Or, well, no, they individually or, go or, in and code those though. instead of super awesome. You see where, yeah, but it's, but it's not, it's not generated. That's a lot of work. But, yeah. But it's not generated that way. I'm telling you because I've, I've been a part of it. The, painstakingly agreeably. So they go through and even if super awesome is misspelled, it's not like the system won't catch it. And they code each one of those. So that's why they're doing it. They're doing it because it's a hell of a lot easier. But Right, well, but it, you know, maybe trying to cut down on some of the, the work. I, yes, they are. But that's clear here. It's very clear. There's no other benefits than that. But to me, sometimes the hard work needs to be done correctly. I, I see your point, but I, I sympathize a little bit with a, a bunch of volunteers sure, and how much sure, time do you I, really I, want them to give to something that, I mean, there's still a way to do the right in. So, and we had, we had problems whenever we were doing uh, the Twippy the first couple of years. Like if somebody would write, let's say for example, Ken Cromwell, well, what do you do with that? Ken Cromwell does uh, a, a, let's say it was for a podcast. Ken, well, Ken Cromwell was doing special one lit and there's, and he might not be the best example, but there was sometimes like special one lit streaming. So he was doing special one lit streaming a little bit last year, but he was also doing mm-hmm. flipping out. So do you code Ken Cromwell flipping out or do you code Ken Cromwell? Oh yes. Nothing. That's a good point. Or do you throw, that's so that's point. where yeah. they ran into a lot of problems or like uh Chuck Ward, We ran into that. Carrie Hardy was another one we ran into when somebody puts Carrie Hardy. Well, shit, Carrie Hardy has a YouTube channel, but he is also a provider for straight down the middle channel. Mm-hmm. So who do you right. give that to? So that's what they were, they were trying to get rid of that, but it's a tough one. It's hard. One. It's, it's hard to solve these logistical. I do not envy them in the work that goes mm-hmm. into that. I don't either. Now, speaking of Kerry Hardy, he, he, uh, he reported that he is no longer a host of the Twippies this year. He's not coming back. He was asked that they were going to Twippies were going their own separate way this year. Now I'm assuming that it's still from the way it sounded. They're they're doing it in March, so it sounds like it's either live at TPF or they're going to do it online. Yeah, that's if what TPF is a no go. Yeah, I still see a Moto being a host. I don't know who the other host is. Maybe just a single host. They did Maybe just a Moto. They did add Josh Sharp into the committee. Maybe Josh Sharp hosting it with a Moto. I don't know. Does it have to be a committee? Per- I mean, uh, Kerry no, and Moto weren't on the committee last year, were they? No, I'm just trying to you know, know who's new. I thought whenever Carrie exited, I was like, Oh, okay, well this is a, this is definitely a Jack danger, a moto stern awards kind of thing. Like that's what I would guess. I don't think Jeff would host. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they, what they do with that. So changing in the host and the changing of the criteria. Uh, there's now a list of criteria that each category has to meet. I'll say pretty easily met, but, um, at least there's some distinction there. Nobody has to guess now. Well, why didn't I get included 
as a consideration, whereas this person did. So cleaning that up a little bit. But yeah, hosting or streaming in March, either live or at TPF. Well, maybe you can clarify this for me. So is the is the ranked voting applying to the best of categories or just the favorites? I think it's just the favorites because they're doing like a, what do you call preferential voting you were saying right right like uh, i read something about like vote you could vote top three and whatever number one is gets three points what two gets two and three gets one so that changes you know, a lot kind of, of stuff it does it will i mean that's sort of a more what i uh, what i would describe almost as a parliamentary style uh, but yeah ranked voting usually is more accurate um it's interesting they capped it to three and not, you know, gaining the ability to rank out all the way. But there are all sorts of different flavors of ranked voting you can do. And I'm so. not sure I'm crazy about the ratio of point points there. The first place that's getting a, three I mean, versus second that place getting two. Pretty, that ratio is pretty standard. Is it? Uh, for voting? Yeah, that's pretty typical. I don't know if it's worth, if first place would really only be worth a half more than second place. It's it's worth a point more. Everything's a point more. Oh, 100% more. So I don't. I think it should be higher, but it's like, you know, so first place is three points. Second place is two points. Third place is one point. Yeah, But when you're doing like the so. Papa stuff, isn't first place two points over? Yeah, no, pa- Papa does it. Papa does it differently, but Papa isn't voting. Understood. I like that system though, to really differentiate. Oh, well, you want to, you want to weight it. You want to, yes. you want to apply a weight factor. These are equitably distributed. Yes, yeah. That's why it's pretty typical to see that. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I don't think this preferential voting applies to. Okay, well, because that makes a difference. Because if the preferential voting is in the in game of the year, it's going to be tighter than it has been in years past. That's a really good point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, All that said, regardless of either approach, I do think Avengers ends up winning Mm. Infinity Quest. Strong take. I do think so. Well, it's an L1 game, so it's going to have that buzz going in. See, there's the big difference: is a lot of people do not have location experience with a lot of the games that are eligible this year so we're going to have a lot of people who are who are voting who haven't played any of these you might actually actually see less people vote this year than last year because they're not comfortable making a pick because they haven't played so i think it's really going to be driven a lot by home ownership and my guess will be avengers is probably the most owned game of the 2020 releases um it's definitely not GNR because they don't have enough and their their production's too slow. And that's why I don't think it will be GNR. I would guess that Avengers is not. Really? Uh, I would guess no. I think it would be Turtles at this point. Okay. I could see Turtles. Because I Avengers, could. that second big run of premium still hasn't shipped. But remember, voting isn't until January. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think you're right, yeah. I ooh, This is a tough one because... Here's what I could see. This is going to be a tough year because the two powerhouses are Avengers and Guns N' Roses. Those are the powerhouses here. I would argue I would argue for Turtles to be in there as well, but I just don't think the public will. Game of the Year, I think you could see something, listener, where Game of the Year goes to GNR, but Best Design and Layout goes to Keith Elwin. And that... that that doesn't always happen. Usually you see those like best director, best picture of the year kind of together there as one. But I think this year among compared to the other years, I think you could see something like a game of the year being a Guns N' Roses, but the 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 nod to design is going to go to Avengers. I mean, it's conceivable, but I'm just every time uh I can't think of a in these past 2 years Against an Elwin that the JJP game has done very well. Dialed in one 
in the first year, dialed in, sweeped a lot. Took a lot home. That was the same year as Batman 66, I believe. Yeah, game of the year. That first year, you're right, was dialed in. That one, what was the, uh, was that, the vote must have been, Total Nuclear Annihilation was second that year. Oh, okay. That was the TNA year too. Okay. And Batman was third at 7%. Yeah, it had a Denise hype. Everybody was rooting but, for him. But that vote was di- was a lot different than how it's done now, isn't it? Like, I don't remember it's so just long didn't ago. It didn't have as many votes because it was the first annual. Well, I mean, I really like Dialed In. I don't really fault it. for being Game of the Year, Dialed In was 42%, and TNA was 34%. Okay. And then everything else was under 10 yeah, so. Batman was seven, Star Wars was six, Aerosmith was three, Guardians was three, Alien was three, Lexi Lightspeed was one, and the Jetsons was zero percent. I think I think JJP has a better shot this year than than the last couple of years. I I I agree. Except Wonka was a very well respected game and it still just got annihilated. Yeah, but the, Wonka did not get the reception that GNR is getting. I think people are going to when they come down to game of the year, they're really going to put a lot of focus on as a whole bird's eye view. What was the most impactful, just badass game of the year? The GNR moved. They moved things. Uh, it, it, it moved. Uh, it's still fundamentally a light and sound show though, against an Elwin design. So that's where, <sighs> that's where I'm coming. I'm not, I think GNR takes second, but I just don't think it, they are putting out designs that are, going to beat Elwin's design. I think it moved the sticks in a dynamic way that woke people up. Maybe even, I may be wrong. Even if people like Avengers better, I think a lot of people are going to go into that and say, you know what? I like Avengers better, but I've got to give credit to GNR for moving the sticks. So we'll see. I, I don't think the sticks are moved either, by the way. I don't think we're going to see that like, oh, Zeppelin look dramatically different because of GNR. I'm not saying the sticks. I'm saying it moved the sticks. We can't go back. Led Zeppelin, if it comes out in that, the rumored game, if that comes out, it will be measured up against this, which is in a different category than pre-GNR. I agree it will be compared to GNR, but uh, moving the sticks implies that other manufacturers are going to change something because they have to. The sticks have been moved, and I just don't think it's There's the an case. interpretation there, but I, I, I would even argue that. I don't think they will. I think they're like, nope, we're selling. We're still growing our, our company. There's absolutely no reason for Stern Pinball to change strategy on what goes into a game. I would have had a better leg to stand on if JJP was cranking these machines out faster. Well, and that's, and again, normally it's been, well, there will be people that will look and just do try and do an objective judgment. A lot of it comes down to what games people have played and they're selling more Avengers in, or there are more Avengers in homes than there are GNRs. So it's a math game. But what makes it interesting is the reception of GNR this year is better than both Pirates and Wonka receptions combined. Yeah, but I don't think I, I don't think it matters. I think in the end it doesn't matter that much because Avengers reception as a game player is what it is, and some people absolutely love it. And I just don't think you're going to have enough GNRs in people's homes, and people aren't going to vote for it. I can see the argument. I, I bet you it does better than. I'm sure it will pull more votes than Wonka did. Sure, sure. But I don't know. I don't know if it breaks 30%. That's assuming one person, one vote. If we got ranked voting, I think this is close. And like Travis Murray said, I don't know if you listened to his last podcast. Harsh takes. 
He basically said this system is great, the people's choice thing, but you, you can just buy your votes. It's fine. Oh, through like a service or something? Yeah, he said there's several services, Facebook, forum oh. groups that do it. Well, I mean, anything with open public yeah. voting always runs the. There's not a lot you can. I mean, you can do things to try and prevent like bots and stuff, uh, you know, checking IP addresses, making sure one person isn't constantly just revoting. Like Jeff, ba- he, but, like Jeff Bacalar, streamer at what, CNET or IGN? What's he part of? CNET, uh, isn't he, Jeff? Bacalar? Yeah, CNET, yeah. All he'd have to do as a streamer now is just share it and think he'd win. But that's what people do now. Yeah. People post like on their personal. I mean, Absolutely. I have it's in just the past his reach shared, is Oh, yeah, huge. this votes up on my personal Facebook page. I'm sure I get a few people that aren't into pinball who vote because they know me. And he probably, based on the ratio of how often he streams, gets the most views per stream. Oh, yeah. Because he uh, they host that on their uh, like Beastcast Mm-hmm. stuff like they have a website where it streams all of their you know they have a combined stream so i don't think he will but it'd be interesting yeah i mean up to him now people, it'd be interesting people will find out soon enough who you and i voted for to win you know the best game of a year so stay tuned for that maybe i don't want to tell them you will tell them and you'll like it dennis you can stop that itching you can stop that scratch and i know you're fiending for a little pinball Market trends, aren't you, buddy? Yes. Did you miss it? A little PMT? No, I heard you and Greg do it. It crept up into you in the middle of the night and said, Bing, bing, bing. Scoot over, honey. Save me some room. I want to snuggle. Yeah. Pinball market trends is the little spoon. The cool kids nowadays are just calling it the trends. Not with a Z, but just the trends. Did you listen to the trends this week? She was like, yeah, I so did. It's awesome. That's Zach. I'm just saying, hop on board. Because we're going for a ride. And right now, we're trending up. Hold on tight, everybody. It's Avatar LE. <laughs> Believe it or not, Avatar LE, uh, if you're looking at the secondary market, over the last year, has become popular-ish again. If I'm just looking at the numbers. And the numbers don't lie. We're only reporting the facts here. And the fact of the matter is, Avatar LE... A year ago, I was pulling in Upper Force, which I would have loved to have grabbed in Avatar LE Upper Force. Nope. Now, 5,500 to 7,000. A couple of recent ones really going high up there. Nice examples of them, but you're seeing for some reason, a lot of these older LEs will, will stay steady. They'll hold steady. Metallica's will hold steady. ACDC LEs will hold steady. Avatar was bottomed out, and it's starting to trickle up again. So those of you with an Avatar LE, don't, don't, don't give it away unless it's to me. I don't think I can own an Avatar LE. I only have, I don't think I've played the LE version, but uh, I like the, I, I don't, I like, I wouldn't rapidly pursue one, but I like, I like it okay, the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised you would uh, be interested at all, actually, because I, it's often compared to Iron, Iron Man, Man yeah. with one ramp. It, it's the theme. It's the looks and it's the theme for, for me. Oh. I'm a huge Avatar but it, film But it has fan. a DMD, though. I can colorize it. You know, it. You, can't, you can't have DMDs. <laughs> I can colorize it. You can't have colorized DMDs. You're, yeah. They're beneath you. Maybe I'll mess with those figurines a little bit. Those are a little Kenner-ish. <laughs> that was a deep cut there. Avatar LE. $5,500 to $7,000. Also training up this week. Oh, this is a good one. Very topical. This last week, training up is pinball interviews. Holy moly, you got the loser kids. You got the saps. You got the final rounds. 
In particular, the Gary Stern and Josh Sharp interviews were some of, not only the best of this year, people, they were the best that I have heard. Final round pinball podcast, doing a competitive based pinball podcast and having on special guest Josh Sharp, president of the IFPA to give all of the details that anybody that follows competitive pinball would want. It simply was platinum status. Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm going to say it, it was fucking phenomenal. That, that was exactly, they were hitting every single stride possible on that show. And it showed. Josh Sharp interview was great. And Josh Sharp, kudos to him. Unbelievable showing. The rapport that they have between, uh, between Sharp and uh, the, the hosts over there, Tillis and Robbins, poh, unbelievable. And Chris Franchi gives me shit. I give shit to Chris Franchi. Sometimes we don't see eye to eye. Sometimes we want to cuddle. But regardless, the Gary Stern interview was one of my favorites ever. It was just good. I like listening to Gary Stern. I'm a bit biased. He is a salesperson, and he was just selling products that whole interview, but it worked, and it was done nicely and tactfully, and I like the end. I won't give it away to you, listener, or to Dennis Creasel, but I liked the decision made at the end. Training up. Pinball interviews. You all should be proud. That's what pinball media stands for, and that's what it should be about. Also training up this week, I'm feeling very generous. Tis the season, bitches. Am I right, Dennis? I gotta, I gotta trend everything up this week. Well, I guess anything that you've got for sale. Well, this one I don't. It's a Black Knight Topper. Oh, no. They're gone, gone, gone. Now, get an R2 instead. They sell regularly, folks. Regularly for $1,200 more. Don't think you're going to find one under $1,200. It's not happening. There's some listed for, I think, $1,800. And they'll sell. Maybe not for $1,800 right now. In a year from now? Possibly. No. We just had a Batman 66 LE topper that sold on eBay for over $3,500. Yeah, but the whole Batman pin is is an expensive pin. I mean, Black Knight was a cornerstone. It's different. Okay. It's just different. All right. A Kiss topper just sold for $2,000. Yeah, but uh, this is Gene Simmons of Kiss. And of course, <laughs> anything with Kiss is going to sell because we are salesmen. I guess I kind of sound like Shatner, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not wrong. You're a Shatner. You're a Shatner Hallett there. What does God need with a Black Knight topper? Something. Black Knight topper. Regularly $1,200. That's a big-ass trend. I should have trended Avengers toppers because those things are freaking No, because they're all available for retail, so it's a silly thing to trend. They're flying. Flying quick. Watch out. Heads up. But unfortunately, trending down, this isn't flying. It's stuck in a mud hole. And it's a data east. And it's... Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park trending down this week, the Data East version. It was going up. It was rising. But it was never cream. No, no. It was a little flaky shit in the bottom of the cup. Low threes for Jurassic Park. I think uh, early this year, last year, we were at 3,500. Upper threes, even lower fours for a really nice one. Nope. We're back down to the low threes. So if you're looking for a Jurassic Park Dat East, find you a really nice example, pull up some of the comps, and buy that thing low. $3,100. Also trending down this week is any goddamn stream of Jurassic Park for the rest of the year. Period. Woo! God. I've had my fill. 
I think the uh, yeah, so the, say we all. The community has had its fill. I went to play pinball last night. Walked up to Jurassic Park and said, "Eh, I'm good. I'm good. I don't. I don't, I don't want to try to rescue anybody else. I don't want to escape Nublar. I still haven't got to the visitor centers now. But no, 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 no streams of Jurassic Park. Can we? Can we agree as a community? We're done streaming Jurassic Park for 2020. It's been a shit enough year. We don't need more. It's Jurassic less than Park. a month. I don't think that's an unreasonable ask of the community. Okay. See? I'll support you with it. <laughs> well, yeah. Woohoo! Oh, up this week, Dennis Creason. I'm bored. We're pinball market trains. You heard it here. If you, if you must stream the Daddy East version or the Sega Lost World version, if you must stream the Jurassic Park, okay. they need some love, too. That would be interesting. Lost World. I just sold mine, and I really was sad to see it go. I'll never get that nice of an example again. Uh, what was me? But when they offer you $12,000, what can you do? What can you do? I said, damn, I did sell two Jurassic Parks in a week. Lost World and the LE. It's okay. Got my premium. Got some custom mods that are going out right now that are being worked Hope on. they aren't infringing copyright. Oh, they are. That's why they will never be shared. <laughs> they very much are, but boy, oh boy. Let's just say I'm going to have a one-of-a-kind premium. Ding. All right, deals of the week this week. You know what? Christmas is almost coming up, so no deals of the week. I want you guys to go out, get your get your significant other something nice, buy your kids a PlayStation or an Xbox. Just don't get jumped in the parking lot. No deals of the week. If you want a deal of the week, come to Flippin' Out Pinball, where we'll sell you and your family the most special holiday gift. Like that? Friendship. Oh, love, nurture, and support. But we do have a deal of the WTF. Sell, sell, sell. Didn't want to leave you guys hanging here. Deals of the what the fuck this week is a little bit different. You see, usually it's some outstandingly large price. Is that even a term? Outstandingly large? Sure. Is it? Yeah, it sounds like you could do it. I think you you could do that. I thought you were agreeing just because you want to make me look stupid. No, I think it. It's I don't know. It sounds legit. Though. Okay, all right, legit enough. So usually it is just something way too high price, and we're like, get get out of here. Stop trying to sell that shit for that. This week it's a little bit different. The deal of the what in the hell is going on is outside of White Bear Lake, Minnesota. It's on Penn side, but it's actually a wanted ad. Hmm. How does one what the fuck a wanted ad? Well, I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, because I just told you what was training up. And this individual by the name of Scott0308, lovely guy, but bless his heart, he got a wanted ad for a Black Knight Sword of Rage topic. And that's fine. A lot of people want that. But you're not going to catch any fish there when you say, I'm looking for this topper. I'm looking to pay $800. Sell, sell, sell. It's just... It's not what you're wasting your time. What are you setting up? Look, if you were putting first off, nobody really looks at wanted ads. They're a waste of time. You'll never get anything out of them. Sometimes you will mostly never. They're useless. But whenever you say I'm looking for something that everybody else is looking for, but I will pay less. And that's what you will sell it to me for. It's not going to work. Do you think maybe it was just a typo, like he left off a zero? He left off a one, maybe? Yeah. Nope. 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 And this is a this is a what the fuck light. Because I'm not coming on strong on this guy. I'm just saying 2019 called. They want their fucking wanted ad back. Oh, hell no. 
gone are the days of a Black Knight Sword of Rage topper for $800. Get out of here. You know what this guy's doing, Dennis? It's Scott0303. And living the Vida Loca. You're only allowed one song. Was it really only one? Yep. One what? song, one time. One song, one time. I thought it was anything that was presented in a podcast. No, you're allowed to choose from any of them that are presented within the week. Oh, that I can. Yeah, that is a setback. Remember, I said once you get one. I thought you meant once that particular song. You get no, only one spe- song. You get one song per episode. Shit. One time. Because then you were like, well, but can't I play like outro music of the same song? I love you, Ricky. Like, if you get the copyright protection, you can. Ricky can't. Martin. <sighs> okay. All right. Can't even. You can't even ad- ad- adhere to the like. <sighs> what sort of limit is it? If I'm like, yeah, you can have one of every single song everyone mentions. I would never agree I really, to that. that was, That's ridiculous. Well. I, that's why I thought I got the decent end of the deal. That's why you thought you won like you always do. You Getting a song is a win for you. Shout out to Jesse J's Pinball Adventures, or should I say Jesse Ray's Pinball Adventures, mm. uh, for, for oh, talking she's about... She's a high score leader now. Yeah, Ricky Martin's living La Vida Loca. I tried to squeeze that in there on Dennis, but he wouldn't have it. I'm just waiting for the Thanos snap flipper code. I know, the gavel The gavel hit my, uh, my pinky, my pinky Ow. finger. Ouch. You bandaged that up. Yeah. Splint it. You probably broke it. Sorry, Your Honor. I will uh, I will concede there. And that was your pinball. It's back, everybody. Market trends. Ladies no, and gentlemen. I was here last week, so it's not back from anything. But it's back with you. Yeah, well, that's like a weird demarcation. No one really cares about that. Uh, they do. Pinball market trends is just a part of you internally as it is me. I'm sorry. It's imprinted on you. Like a baby bird. Yes. Papa. It's a teenager now. It's just the trends. Stop trying to hold me back, dick. That's what trends just said. That wasn't me. Or my internal dialogue every time I do a podcast with you. <laughs> uh. All right, let's wrap it up there, Dennis. That's what she said. Where can people catch you between now and the next episode? You can always email me over with Eclectic Gamers Podcast at gmail.com or go to facebook.com slash Eclectic Gamers Podcast and send a message and I will get it. Oh, yeah. You guys had a good episode last week. I would suggest people go take a listen to that if you haven't already. Tony and you went over a lot of a lot of interesting video game stuff. And you took the really nice discussion point on Pinberg that stood out to me. I was saying it last week, but whew, that was a good one. Thanks. See, I'm good with compliments, Dennis. Mm. Yeah, you're a very generous person. I want you to be my executive director. Because you've got your shit, you've got your shit <laughs> you taken can't, care of. You cannot afford me. Eh. Actually, you probably could. Like, hypothetically, pretty let's, pretty cheap, let's, uh, let's go into discussion. because I <laughs> Actually, quite affordable. That sounds, that sounds fantastic to me. What would you ever take? You don't on? have a nonprofit, though. You're a for-profit. I'll it's make a, a nonprofit animal. just so that you can be a part of me more. Would you would you consider it? Oh, it would be difficult to have to work for you, I think. <laughs> what if I came into the boardroom in like a fucking segue? I was like, hey, bro, want to go grab some lunch? <laughs> As you're like balancing my checkbooks or something. Yeah, I can see you <laughs> whipping around the office on a little segue. Going one circles. of those people. Oh, man, I have my Jordans on. Oh, it's, is this going to happen? I, I, I see a sitcom in the making. I'm going to pitch a pilot, NBC this fall you can catch us both at the pinball network at gmail.com check out all the other podcasters 
We're having a lot of fun with them. Or you can check myself out doing the video series straight down the middle. Uh, email me there, sdtmpinball at gmail.com. We have a couple big reviews coming out. I believe Rick and Morty and GNR or Avengers. And mm. a nice 2020 recap. We had a lot of fun this year, and we are very proud of our work this year. Uh, we appreciate the the continued support for the Straight Down the Middle YouTube series, whether it was the, the GNR stuff that we did that we're super proud of or just the back and forth, the Hot Wheels reveal unboxing video um, or just the this or that. And we did a lot of work this year. I have done a lot of work. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm having fun doing it. You know, with the for the video thing on the twippies i uh i wrote in that news station that covered that other dnr you son of a uh, bitch <laughs> we've sold millions of dollars for them we've earned them millions of dollars uh, i'm kidding the, i i'm too lazy to actually type something in that wasn't in the drop down it would have been clever though it would have i wish i had come up with it at the time we were but the I only, only promo. just now thought of how much it would hurt you fomo for our promo bro we basically made the pen yeah we just handed them millions. Did you see our smoke? Did you see our fog? We helped too, damn it. And if you're ready to buy, look, we still have time. What is today? Today is the it is seventh. The going, it's the seventh. Okay. It's Monday. It's actually the sixth. Uh, the seventh. Shh, don't let them know the secrets. I'll keep it close. The seventh. We still, believe it or not, I have time if you contact me. I will get you that pinball machine you've been wanting and look, here's here's the secret. Here's what us pinball enthusiasts do. We rationalize and tell ourselves we deserve something nice for Christmas because we always get shit from our spouses or from family. Buy yourself something nice. The machine showcase this week is the Avengers Pro. And you don't have to wait for it. It's in stock. Bye, bye, bye. They call flipping out flipping fast for a reason. I'm impatient. They do? Yeah, I'm impatient as a pinhead. Wow. So I make sure people get their games liggity split. Whoa, that's right. Turn that from in stock to in your stocking. Boom. See, as executive director, those are the kind of things that uh, you could do. That was really good. And I might use that if you don't mind. That's fine. Thank you. TMNT Premium in stock. Batman 66 in stock. I have stockpiled as much as I could for all of you guys. Hot Wheels in stock. Star Wars Comic Pros in stock. Star Wars The Pin, both original and comic. In stock, in stock. MMR accessories, we still got those. Avengers Topper, I, I think I can still get you one. Guardians Pros in stock. JP Pro is coming very, very soon. I might have a spot or two left for the upcoming run. Get on that Just now. don't stream it. Yeah. God's sakes, don't stream it. Attack for Mars Special Edition and Monster Bash Special Edition with that big-ass beautiful display in stock. And more. Just phone us at 812-457-9711 or email me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at flip, the letter in out, pinball.com or flipping out pinball.com. I love you guys. Thanks for the support this year. And bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Last week at TPN, we had Jesse J's Pinball Adventures where Brian C's in jail again. Mm. I have this downloaded, but I haven't started it yet. Oh, it's after it saps. Yeah. It's after saps. I don't know if there's a contract dispute. Something happened. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, you know, Ryan did ask me to do a five-minute segment, which turned into a 30-minute segment on oh, DLC and pinball. That so was really good. I hope I didn't get him in trouble. Did that feel comfortable? You guys seemed like you did very well together. I I mean, it was... For me, it was right after work, like like oh. three minutes after work. So I was tired. And mm. when I'm tired, I'm probably a little looser with my discussions. Oh. But 
So I should get you on a Monday afternoon. Jesse, Jesse Ray's Pinball Adventure. And as uh, we were talking about before, the Josh Sharp interview on Final Yeah, I heard that one. That's Pinball. really good. Yeah, that was good. That was, there needs to be like uh, a couple of awards yearly for just uh, like an outstanding piece of podcast, an episode. That'd be a good one. Hmm, that'd be interesting. Chronicles could do, could do well in that too. <clears throat> Speaking of, I think we are getting a tease from Chronicles about a possible episode before Christmas. There was a tease. I was surprised. Hmm. I don't know. They what don't normally tease like that. They don't. But David Denny's putting himself out there. What he does, I guess. Poor Ron. I hope he knows that there's <laughs> a teased episode before Christmas. Like shit. I was playing Star Wars. Leave me alone. I I do need to send you something for Christmas. Do you want to do a gray elephant or a white elephant or a whatever the elephant is? Oh God. It's been years since I've done one of those. We should do an elephant. You can be my little elephant. That's creepy. It's endearing to me. All right, let's call it a day, Dennis. Lock up whenever you leave. And until next week, for Dennis Creasel, I'm Zach Many. And remember to stay tuned and monitor the social media for Jersey Jack Pinball to see when Crudes 2 the pinball is coming to <laughs> a dealer near you. And always practice safe pinball. And Dennis, would you just take a look at me now? up so long everybody how can i just let you walk away just let you leave without a trace <laughs> i have an interesting work story that i could share oh. uh, maybe another time uh, uh, how that possibly backfired on me with someone really when i started laughing manically at their misfortune oh and it wasn't supposed to be laughed at uh well i mean it was funny so okay well i mean it wasn't the misfortune like that they had misfortune that I was laughing at. It was a well, I guess I'll I'll tell it now. It's a yeah. quick story. Uh, so I had a meeting scheduled. Uh, it was not on like it wasn't going to be about COVID. It was about Medicaid, oh. but it was very late in the day. Titillating. And they pushed it. They pushed it even later. Okay. So, and I warned them. Okay, but you guys know after four that I get like a little flippant <laughs> and stuff. Like I don't normally <laughs> you take gave them after that disclaimer. PM. Uh, yeah, I did. I love it. Okay. And they knew from the last time we had a meeting, these are like we three, th we, we used to do these meetings in the morning and because of COVID, we're doing them in the late afternoon now, mm -hmm. like 3.30 to 4.30. But once we pass four, like everything, it's just All bets weird, are off. Know, like a joke to me. I, whatever. It's just, anyway, it's not. Post work creasel. That's what that is. I'm, not, I'm just not as professional. There's less filtering. Okay. And so we started this meeting after four and at about five, we were still going and this uh, this person who worked for the state had this just terrible situation come up where we're trying to spend a lot of federal money by the year, year, end of the year, mm -hmm. and they got allotted a whole like like almost twenty million dollars to try and blow through. And there's a deadline; like it had all the stuff has to be in possession by December thirtieth. Awesome. So it was a big rush, and this was to benefit local health departments, which is what I work with. Uh, but because of the time constraints, because here we are, there's less than a month to go. They're not getting to directly, they're not getting the money to order themselves. The state is ordering and arranging for all the stuff just to be shipped to the health departments. Okay. Okay. So they sent out order forms so everyone could mark on a pre-approved list of stuff we knew we could get. What and how much they want of like uh, hand sanitizer, vaccine refrigerators, you know, all that exciting new stuff. new Prius. COVID. Yeah. Yeah, uh, vehicles were discussed. Uh, of course they were. Uh, I don't. Yes. Know, I don't think any were ultimately uh, known to be. In my mind, went. Time, yeah. This this state employee said she's the one who was handling all the order forms and everything. Had them in, all of that, and then she just says, uh, "We we've had a, a big mess up. 
and the, the another group at the state, another part of the agency, mm-hmm. handled the ordering. And they did not ask for the order forms that she had gathered. Instead, they, I guess, just decided, based off of population by county, they were going to just send supplies to. For example, one of the largest counties in the state, I guess had asked for around 70, on the order form, it asked for around 70,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. Wow. They got, <laughs> this is where I couldn't stop laughing. They got over 700,000 <laughs> pallets upon pallets, trucks oh, no. full of crates. They had to find a forklift. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's like, and it just showed up at the health department. Where are they going to store it? <laughs> t- and so- I felt bad for lot. her because she's getting all of this hate, but I'm laughing maniacally because I'm just envisioning a Leslie Nielsen movie at this point where there's filing cabinets full of hand sanitizer. Mothers are squirting the babies out of their arms because they're required to do 30 <laughs> doses of hand sanitizer when they walk in. I just have this mental image and I just, I was, I muted myself for a long period, but by the time she paused for me to respond, I was still laughing and on top of that, my I think my first statement was she asked, "Are you laughing at me?" And I said, "I I'm I am laughing, and I'm really glad that I am not you." Oh wow! And I I think that I think that hurt her feelings a little bit actually. Well, so, that but that's in good fun. But, that was a good one. Well, well, uh, and the other person who had organized the meeting the next day, we had another meeting. She was recounting this, and I'm stone faced. It's like at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'm stone faced, and he sends me a private message on Zoom saying. Do not laugh. That made you laugh. Which made me start to <laughs> laugh. So I almost had to turn off the camera. I'm covering my mouth. Because, again, I'm holding it together really well. But then she's talking about, in this other place, just like they got, you know, crates upon crates upon pallets of just hands up. Where, where do they put them. it? Help us. Where do they put it? No, it's, 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 so I, a storage I completely facility. sympathize. <laughs> No, they're, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I th- my suggestion was the state has storage. We actually have caves in Kansas where stuff like this can be stored. Caves? Literal caves. <laughs> and they call them the caves. And I was like, Fitting. Uh, I guess with if we still have money available from CARES Act, send them UPS uh, labels just to stick on top of the crates, tell them to leave them crated up and ship them to the caves. Ship I don't know what to else to tell caves. you to do. And this is the irony is like the people who screwed up and did the orders, they're not the ones fixing this. She has to fix this. Oh, which is ridiculous. Like, that's where the difference would be. Like, if they worked for me, I would have said, you will fix this or you will not have a job. I'm not in the business of fixing your mistakes. I know what all the families around your negative woods are getting for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Government funded hand sanitizer. Anyway, that's why I discourage people from taking late day meetings with me. 